When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Chicken It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter on 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, of course, preseason is officially over. We now know that they have three games uh, instead of four. So finally over. And they end the preseason with one win, two losses. So funny because I predicted that this is probably going to start a mini losing streak uh, (laughs) for the Ravens and then they lost two in a row after winning 24 straight so um, obviously we know that the wins and losses don't matter um, and they were both relatively close games Uh, so let's talk about uh, the preseason overall Um, is there anyone that you saw that you felt like was impressive this preseason yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we could go from top to bottom, kind of. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Josh Johnson impressed me in the preseason. I mean, uh, I think back to that Commanders game. I didn't expect much from the offense in that game, and both Huntley and Anthony Brown. <coughs> God, oh, my allergies crazy today. Uh, both Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown. Uh, had good nights that night. So Josh Johnson has been one. He had a good night again, for the most part, against the uh, Bucks uh, on Saturday night. So he's one that looked pretty good. And you talk about the backup quarterback competition with him and Huntley. Huntley hasn't been out there. You know, he's been nursing that, ham- nursing that hamstring injury. And I thought when Huntley went down, it was pretty much his job. You know, you knew it was his job. But the way that Josh Johnson has played, the last two games, I think has at least brought it back into the conversation of is Josh Johnson, the number two guy. I know Todd Monken likes him. Um, Obviously John Harbaugh likes him because he's been around the Harbaugh family for years. So there's that. And uh, you wonder how much of a sour taste is still left in their mouth from Tyler Huntley from last year in the playoffs. Uh, I don't need to revisit that play. Um, Let's go to the running backs. Uh, Keaton Mitchell obviously was the preseason darling uh, for Ravens fans this this year. I mean, everybody wanted Keaton Mitchell to make this team, and I think he is going to make this team. He hurt his shoulder in the commander's game, but I don't even think he really needed to play in Saturday night's game. I think his spot has been solidified. I think Melvin Gordon is going to be the odd man out um, in that battle. In terms of wide receivers, um, not a lot of surprises at wide receiver. Obviously, Tylen Wallace really made a good case for himself. I think he has locked in his roster spot as the sixth wide receiver. He was uh, the best bubble wide receiver that the Ravens had this preseason. And I would say 
this training camp as well. Uh, Travis Vokalek, I thought, looked really good all camp, had his moments in the preseason. Unfortunately, probably won't make the team just because of how the Ravens tight end room is situated. Right. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't find a home somewhere else. Um, John Simpson. I mean, you got to give John Simpson credit going out there and winning that left guard spot uh, over uh, the rookie Sala. John Harbaugh announced that Saturday night. John Simpson, he just didn't do anything to lose himself the competition. I mean, that's I think that's really what it came down to. And as the preseason went on, Salah started to look more and more like a rookie. Right. Um, you get to the linebackers. I feel like Delshawn Phillips had a really strong uh, training camp. He, you look at him throughout the preseason games. He may not flash to you in the box score, but this dude has been really good in coverage all summer. It's carried over from the training camp practices to the game. So I think he made a really strong case for himself. I thought Jeremiah Moon had a really good preseason as well, as long as well as a uh, strong training camp. Uh, Malik Ham got hurt on the back end of training camp. Yeah. And, and that may be uh, kind of the thing that does him in, to be honest, because I thought he was trending towards at least making it a tough decision on these coaches on whether or not he's going to make the team. But getting hurt on the back end and allowing guys like Dale Sean Phillips and Jeremiah Moon to continue to ascend, uh, I think may end up costing him his roster spot. Caillou Kelly got better as the preseason went on. He was one to at the start and even in training camp. I'm not saying he was great, but he didn't look like much of anything in training camp. And you think back to that first preseason game, he didn't even get in until right. the back end of, of the fourth quarter. Uh, but obviously injuries and other factors contributed to him getting more runtime in these preseason games. And I think he got better and better as the preseason went on. So uh, just giving him credit for getting better over the course of the preseason. Uh, obviously, I've been talking about Kavon Seymour all summer, so definitely got to add him on there. In terms of the defensive line, uh, I thought Travis Jones had a solid preseason um, not over, nothing overly, you know, n- nothing too exciting to talk about, but you see him eating up double teams. You see him getting in there in the run yep. game. You see him getting in there with a couple of pressures here and there. Uh, that, that was good to see from him. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what Travis Jones is going to look like with the other guys that he's going to be playing the starters around him because he has had a good camp. Um, I agree with you about, you know, guys like uh, Keaton Mitchell and Vokalek. I do think that Keaton Mitchell is going to make the team. Vokalek, I just don't see it. Um, But that's just a numbers game like you already mentioned. Um, In terms of guys that didn't necessarily pan out, I think that that's something that we should talk about as well. You know, one of the guys that we really didn't have a conversation about is a guy like Josh Ross that – the team was kind of high on last year and then we just really didn't see a ton of him. And then when we did, it just didn't seem like he was completely comfortable. And now we're having conversations about Jeremiah Moon. We were having conversations about Malik Ham prior to his injury. It feels like Josh Ross is essentially not going to be a guy that I think um, is going to make the team. Um, I know you mentioned Melvin Gordon. I think that we can agree there that, He's probably not going to make the team because of the emergence of Keaton Mitchell. Is there anyone else that, oh, of course, James Prochet has not played well. 
um, this preseason um, also. Is there anyone that you felt like you did not pan out this preseason? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Melvin Gordon. I mean, I, I think Keaton Mitchell making the team is more, you know, it says something about him being better than Melvin Gordon has been. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I'm watching him Saturday night and going down a lot off first contact. And you think about it throughout the preseason, haven't seen a lot of broken tackles from Melvin Gordon and that's kind of his thing. So yep. if, that's, if he's not going to do that, what is his purpose at that point? Um, you look at some of these first round, everybody made a big to do about all these first rounders on the Ravens. Uh, in the Ravens wide receiver room. I mean, Laquan Treadwell had the touchdown Saturday night. That was his best play of the preseason. But outside of that, I mean, did you see anything else from Laquan Treadwell during the preseason? I know he had suffered a cup. He had been dealing with a little bit of an injury bug as well. Um, but even when he's been out there at training camp practices, it's not like he has been super exciting. Um, Obviously, David Ajabo is one that's probably one of the more disappointing ones in preseason. But him, I'm giving time to. Ajabo is a, basically a rookie. Um, I think we, I mean, I've seen flashes of brilliance from Ajabo in practice. It's just trying to translate that to the games. And, and probably I'm, on a consistent basis right, as well. Right. And, and you got to also understand, I mean, uh, granted, Saturday, he played the most that he's played this preseason. I think he played well into the second quarter, almost the first half. Um, and you still didn't hear any noise from him. So it, that's a little concerning. Um, but the first two games, I kind of gave him a pass. He's only out there for like two drives. It's tough to get into a rhythm at that point. But when you're out there for almost a half, you'd like to see something. And, and I think that's kind of the frustration, at least with me, that's my knock. So far with the Jabo is that I'm not asking him to go out there and, and get two sacks, you know, a game or anything in the preseason. I'm just asking for a sign, you know, right. make the play. He had no signature moments in the three games in the preseason. That that's a little worrisome. Um, but we'll see what happens when everybody's out there, when you know the the full supporting cast is out there with him and you got guys legit legit guys next to him eating up blocks and things like that. We'll see if he can be uh, better than he's been in the preseason. Um, anybody, I mean, everybody else is pretty much, you know, it is what it is. But I would say Ajabo, Prochet, uh, Treadwell, and Gordon. And, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if this is a disappointment, but Shamar Bridges was the big, darling of preseason last year he didn't even you know, they waved him the other day you know right. so uh that that's a I, I guess if you want to look at people who had expectations that didn't live up to him he would be on that list too yeah and and look with the wide receiver position being as kind of full as it is already I mean I don't I don't really know where he would have been right. able to put himself right because right? Right. it feels like Talon Wallace has solidified if they if they're going to go with six wide he solidified that spot um so there's that part of it but it is disappointing when you see guys like Prochet that you really want to see try to redeem himself just not be able to redeem himself um and he's had opportunities to do that you know I, I didn't expect much from Melvin Gordon anyway so I don't, you know, feel any type of way if he doesn't make the roster. Um, Ajabo, I'm with you on that. It, yes, although it has been disappointing. Um, and the defensive line just in general has been disappointing. 
um, as well as the secondary. But we also know that the secondary has a lot of injuries back there. And so, like uh, you mentioned, Caillou Kelly, look, Caillou Kelly uh, had not a great start to his preseason. I believe that he, when he first came in against the game in Washington, he gave up um, five catches on five targets. But after that, the six quarters after that, and this is from um, our guy Jonas Schaefer mm-hmm. at Baltimore Banner, the six quarters after that, he only allowed um, one catch on five targets for six yards. So he did find a way to, you know, come around. But right. ultimately, he had a slow start and a stronger finish. Um, but it's disappointing in terms of, like, the other guys on the back end that we know are concerning and then the lack of the push up front. Now, that could change, obviously, once you start putting all of your starters in. But from a um, depth perspective, it is something that you're a little bit disappointed about. But we'll see how that actually goes once the season begins, uh, ultimately. But I'm surprised. I will be surprised if guys like Gordon, guys like Prochet, guys like Josh Ross somehow make this roster because it feels like their time is up in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and this, I'll say this, a couple of these guys are making it tough decisions on these coaches in terms of some of these cuts. I mean, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not even fully completely done my 53 man roster, but it's a, it's tough. Um, to make to make some of these cuts because there are guys like Keaton Mitchell who they didn't yep. expect to crack the roster, you know, and he I would fully expect that he's going to. That's taking a spot from somewhere else. What do they do at the old offensive line? Are they going to keep Sam Mustafer as the backup center, or is Ben Cleveland? You know, if they do, is that Ben Cleveland spot, or right. do they find a way to keep both? And if they do, that's going to take away from somewhere else and all the injuries they have to the cornerback room is going to force them to keep guys that they probably don't want to keep, um, but they have to. So it, I am curious to see how how this all goes because it's, it's going to be some tough decisions. We'll get into your uh, Mod 53 in a second. But uh, as we know, preseason is over. Now the team can focus on week one against the Houston Texans. And um, C.J. Stroud will be the starter for that game. So as we know, Cordell, Um, With the preseason, the Ravens started none of their starters on both offense as well as defense. And there's been a lot of conversation about that. We know that Harbaugh has um, softened his stance on playing guys in preseason post J.K. Dobbins injury. Um, They kept they they all did the warm ups. They all put on the clothes, got warmed up and, and, and did all that. And then turned around and then sat on the bench uh, for three preseason games. We've seen guys on different teams like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. Um, Aaron Rodgers played a couple of series in the last preseason game for the Jets. We've seen a lot of starters, even in Tampa and in Washington. Um, Baker Mayfield started the game for them. And in Washington, they had uh, their starters play we know for the entire first half so when you see other teams doing that and obviously the Ravens have been been using their second and third stringers essentially the whole um, playoffs what are your thoughts on this And, and I'm curious to know because you have a situation where you have new parts on offense you have a new offensive coordinator and on defense yes Mike McDonald has been here but this is only going to be his second year um, and there's some new guys in place um, 
like an Ajabo, who we really didn't have an opportunity to see much of last year, as well as the depth in the secondary that fans are concerned about. When you see what the Ravens have done um, this preseason, is that a good idea or a bad idea that they decided to not play their starters? Well, I think I don't. I, I don't know if it's as black and white as good or bad idea. You know what I'm saying? I think it's I think it's all preference. I mean, it's tough to really argue with anything that the Chiefs do these days. And if Andy Reid is going to send Patrick Mahomes out there, it's tough to say it's not a good idea. You know, it's tough to call it a bad idea. Um, but you could also understand the Ravens' point of view, a team who has had a lot of bad luck with injuries over the last few years, and they just can't – their team – I mean, the Ravens aren't different from any other team in this regard, but they need to stay healthy. I mean, I, I would say the Ravens almost more than any other team need to stay healthy. When you look at the guys that the Ravens have on their roster, it's a lot of injury red flags to key starters on this team. So it's it's tough to really condone them sending guys like, Lamar Jackson, who's missed the back end of the last two seasons out there, sending Odell Beckham out there who just missed all of last year playing with one ACL to put J.K. Dobbins out there who tore his ACL, what, two preseasons ago. Rashad Bateman, same thing, major injury questions. I mean, it's it's tough to tell them to go out there and do that. Um, and look, the Ravens last year got off to a pretty hot start without starting, without going out there and playing any of their starters in the preseason. I get the notion of offensively, it's a new scheme. They they should want to see what some of these guys can do. Um, but I, I, I tweeted out Lamar's numbers uh, in week one of the, of the season. Lamar historically has gotten off to hot starts at the start of the year, but Lamar's numbers in week one, uh, he's 73 for 105, 69% completion, uh, a, a little over a thousand yards passing, 12 touchdowns, one interception, 28 carries, 154 yards. Um, they just, he, he comes out there and he's a, he's just ready to go. I mean, that's just, and you talk about the year where they had a new offense in 2019, he threw five touchdowns week one against the Miami dolphins that, that year. So, I mean, I, I don't have any concerns about Lamar or anything like that. Could the offense get off to a slow start? Sure. I mean, they, they could, but naturally it's usually the defenses that get off to a little bit of a slow start in the NFL come week one. Teams aren't able, a lot of those guys out there didn't play a lot of preseason, so they're not really used to tackling in real game situations at that point yet. It's, this, it's a little sloppy on both sides. Um, so it is what it is, but I, I, I can't, I don't feel strongly enough to sit here and say that the Ravens were right or wrong to not play their starters in the preseason. So it's fair to say that you're a little indifferent about it. I'm I'm probably indifferent in this. Look, I, I, would it have been nice for them to play a couple of series? Yes, I think. Um, but ultimately I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm a bit indifferent about it. I'm not really sure. Um, because they wouldn't have played long anyway. You know, they would have probably probably played two two series tops if they would have played. Um, is it beneficial? Depends, right? Um, depends on what you consider to be beneficial in playing two series, right? But ultimately, um, I would it would have been nice. But I also understand not wanting to take the risk. 
of getting your players hurt, um, particularly after JK and them playing in Washington, which we know does not have the best field anyway. Um, so Washington, I can absolutely see. But I knew once they didn't play um, the first preseason game at home, because they had two games on the road, mm. I knew that they weren't going to play the other two games. Because if you're going to play your starters, more than likely you are going to want to play them in front of your own fan base right. and not someone else's, right? And so I, I just felt like once we didn't see them then, that it was going to be a wrap. Is it a good or bad move? Uh, you know, John Harbaugh is the coach of this team. He's he's done a very good job of it. And while I think that maybe just a couple of series, even if it was just two series the entire preseason would have been beneficial in some way. Again, I'm only saying two. So how much benefit would it have really, really been? Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, how, how, how that would hold up. If I'm saying, well, a couple of series here and there, and then somebody would just count and be like, that makes sense to you. You just only have two series and then that's it for them for yeah. the entire three games. And I'm like, ah, you know, I can make a case for it, but I can understand why somebody could make a case against it, right? So um, I, I don't feel strong about it. Like you, I'm indifferent about it. Um, at the end of the day, they have to do what's best for the safety of their players. And that means is that you have Lamar, who was dealing with um, a, a PCL injury last year. You have Odell, who was dealing with coming back from a knee injury from the Super Bowl, uh, you know, from the other year, not last year, but the year right. before, you have, you know, again, J.K., who has dealt with his own injuries, um, Mark Andrews, who's dealt with injury last year. So I understand why you are dealing like with injury, apparently an undisclosed one. Apparently, right. And now dealing with an undisclosed injury. So I understand the need for saying, you know, let's, let's not, put our guys at risk and get prepared for week one. And I've always said this to Cordell. I believe that these joint practices that more and more teams are doing is really the ones that's getting people prepared for the upcoming season, as opposed to preseason games. It allows you to have more action with an opposite team. So then you don't have to beat yourselves up in practice. You can go beat somebody else up or they could beat you up, vice versa. Um, so I feel like joint practices is going to be the more of the wave in terms of how you get your starters prepared for the season as opposed to preseason games. So does it suck? Because, you know, you got to pay for preseason games. Like it's a part of like your NFL season package. You can't just like not pay for preseason games and you have to run the risk of taking your kids and they don't see their favorite players. Yes, it does suck. But at the end of the day, coaches are going to be like, sorry, not sorry. We are concerned about the health of our starters. So when the real season comes and counts, these guys are accounted for. And that's really the bottom line here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the joint practices are serving that purpose is getting the guys and the starters an opportunity to go against another team. Um, and John had said at the time when the commanders came in, that they were going to that the starters were going to get a lot of work in those joint practices to basically, I mean, he didn't say this point, but it's basically what he was saying to make up for them not playing a lot in the preseason. Uh, exactly. That was that was the work that they were getting in there. And they look, I'm I'm fine with that. If they feel like they saw they're getting what they need to get out of those two days of, of joint practices, it is what it is. Right, I agree with that. So you and I agree, we're indifferent about it. If y'all like it, we love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. You know, you, you did what you have to do. And now on to regular season. All right, Cordell. So obviously the 53 man roster will be uh, solidified August 29th at 4 p.m. Um, and so we'll know who made the team, who didn't make the team. You talked about a mock 53 um, earlier in the podcast. So obviously there's going to be guys that makes the team. We know Lamar is making the team. We know Rokon Smith is making the team amongst other people. But um, in the mock 53, are there surprises? And by surprises, I mean guys that you feel like are making the team, guys that you feel like are omitted from making the team that you found. So I have more surprises here on guys not making the team okay. uh, than than making it. Um, because it's, it's going to be so tough here. I mean, and, and I, I'm still – I probably still need to take off a couple of guys, like two more spots to get to 53. That's how tough it's been for me personally. By um, the way, if you get some moving around, it's because Cordell is like literally yeah. making – like he's still writing and, and – so that's that's is a writing motion that you're hearing uh in terms of what he's doing (laughs) he's still trying to figure out who's (laughs) going to make the roster who's not going to make the roster so i'm i'm wrecking my brain about it so i I, i'm sure they will be but in terms of guys that I, i i don't have like jeremiah moon i think they're going to have to trim fat in the linebacker room is where okay. I'm looking right now. So guys like Jeremiah Moon, I think it'll be an uphill battle for him. You mentioned Josh Ross, who didn't really have that strong of a camp anyway. Um, I don't think both Dale Sean Phillips and Christian Welch make the team. So okay. I felt, found myself having to pick between those two, and I felt like Dale Sean Phillips would be the guy that I would take um, between the two right now, you go to the cornerback room. It's so many guys that they probably need to keep, uh, but they probably can't. Right. And I mean, Caillou Kelly, he's one of those ones that I, I do have on my roster right now. But like I said, I'm trying to trim fat and I need to figure out is Caillou Kelly and Daryl, like one of them aren't going to make the team, Caillou Kelly or Daryl Worley. Which one do they prefer? I mean, obviously, we know the Ravens don't want to cut any of their draft picks. Correct. Daryl Worley is a veteran guy who plays a little safe, play is playing safety more this year and corner. Yep. And I think him playing more safety could be the thing that does him in um, this year, unless they felt like they could move him to corner, but they don't really need extra bodies at safety right now. They need extra bodies at corner. Corner, yep. I, I think Caillou Kelly will end up getting the nod over uh, Daryl Worley for that reason. Um, I'm also looking here. No real surprises on the defensive line. I mean, Rashad Nichols, I think it'll be tough for him to make this team just be considering the numbers that have to go to other spots. Um, I don't have Ben Cleveland on the roster right now. I was going to ask, is Ben Cleveland making the roster this year? I, I think are we I, moving forward? I think ideally they'd like to trade him, obviously. Okay. I mean, if they could get anything for him, they'd love to do that. And the good thing about it is Ben Cleveland did put together some quality film throughout the preseason. 
So could they go and get a conditional pick for him or get a late sixth or seventh round pick for him? Maybe. I'm sure they'll take it if they get the opportunity. Um, but I just don't know if a team is willing to bail them out right now, understanding that they're probably going to cut them. Do I want to give you a pick or do I want to take my chances on the waiver wire? A team may decide I'll give up a sixth or seventh round pick to avoid having to fight with other teams through through the waiver. So that could be the scenario there uh, for Ben Cleveland. But no, I, I don't have him making the roster right now. Mm, um, interesting. That that and and then really that's going that spot is going to Sam Mustafer. I mean, we spoke to John Harbaugh last week and he spoke pretty high of Sam Mustafer. And I know usually this time of year when John Harbaugh is speaking highly of you and you're a bubble guy, is usually kind of looked at as like the kiss of death. Um, but in this one, I kind of buy it a little bit. I mean, like I said last week on the podcast, I haven't seen a lot of Patrick McCarry at center. Granted. It's almost like they were listening because right after that episode, I started to see Makari playing center a little more on the last two days of practices. So could that be a telltale sign? That, I, I mean, if anything, I, I'm looking at it like, okay, they at least want to see if Makari can do it. And if they okay. and if he can, then Mustafa will be gone. I would imagine that that spot would go to Cleveland. But I think they just wanted to see. Um, but I think there's a reason that we haven't seen Patrick McCarry at center in game since the last time we saw Patrick McCarry at center in game, which was that playoff game against Buffalo, which was not a great, a great night for McCarry. So, right. Um, and, and obviously his back issues are part of the reason where they, they, I don't think they really love him at center. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think I'm looking at my roster here. I still have two more spots that I need to trim down. Um, and obviously they can play around with some things with guys going on the pup list, guys going on IR. We expect Pepe Williams to go on IR. What happens with Tyus Bowser? Does he start the year on the pup list or NFI? What about Marlon? Does Marlon get put on short-term IR if they don't feel like he's going to make it back in the first four weeks? Um, so, I mean, that those are things that could buy them a couple of extra roster spots, but I, I do think it's going to be some tough decisions made. Historically, today will be the day that the Ravens start to roll out a little bit of their moves ahead right. of tomorrow. So we'll see what moves they make today in preparation for tomorrow. It'll, it probably won't happen until sometime after today's practice, which is later on this afternoon. Um, but I, I will, I will, ex I would expect to see some moves made today. Yeah, absolutely. And they already started making some moves. They yeah. cut some guys already. So yeah. you no, know, just because they no longer do like the tiered cuts doesn't mean that teams aren't still like operating that way. Right. Um, I think I'm a lot. You know, one thing we didn't talk about and that I'm interested in is what they do with the quarterback uh, situation. Um, and you talked about this in the first pre, uh, the first segment. Um, regarding preseason, how well Josh Johnson has played. And I know now, you know, we know that, you know, you can do the third quarterback um, situation, but, you know, do you keep a Josh Johnson? Aside from him, whether he's the backup or not, what happens to Anthony Brown? Do you put him back on the practice squad? Do You, you know, like I have to assume that if they're going to do three quarterbacks, it's going to be Lamar, Huntley, Josh Johnson. And two and three can be in whatever order you feel is, is going to be. But Anthony Brown obviously is the odd man out here. So do you just 
throw him back on the the practice squad. I don't I don't think that Anthony Brown played horribly um, this preseason. I feel like he's probably gone to another team. You know, if you try to sneak him on the practice squad. I to be honest, I think they only keep two quarterbacks. I I don't think their numbers will allow oh, them. So you to- don't think that they even keep three? No, I, and to be because if they let Josh Johnson go, they could. I think he would clear waivers. I don't I don't think anybody's jumping jumping off the okay. toilet to, to go get That's Josh Johnson. You know, I, I think he'll be available whenever they need him. And I think he'd be the guy that they look to bring back and put on the practice squad. And Anthony Brown is probably just gone, you know, right. in, my, in my mind. I, I don't think they'll be afforded the opportunity to keep three quarterbacks on the roster just because of all the other spots that they, they have to bring on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll keep two, Huntley and Lamar. And Josh Johnson, they'll just try to get him back through waivers and, and add him on the practice squad. So we we feel like Huntley is still, although he's only played one preseason game, and he did play good, but he right. was also the second quarterback in that game because Josh Johnson started right. that game. Yeah. We still feel like Huntley is still the guy. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, Huntley is the only one of the three between him, Johnson, and Brown, who you know is going to get snatched up if you put him on waivers. I mean, Huntley's definitely not making it back to them. Um, I mean, we laugh about it, but he is a Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, they they're going to remember <laughs> who he is. Teams teams know who Tyler Huntley is. Not too many teams. I mean, obviously it's their job, so they know who all these guys are. But they Huntley has more. I would say respect in the league right now than Anthony Brown does. I think teams are more intrigued by Tyler Huntley than they are a Josh Johnson who's on the back end of his career at this point. Yeah. Like, sure, the Ravens may be done with jo- with Tyler Huntley, um, but I think they understand that they like if if they could, they'd like to get something for Tyler Huntley. I don't think they want to just let him go for free. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. I mean, if if that's uh, something that you're thinking about doing. Right. You're trading him for something. Yeah. We're not just letting him walk off the street, um, and that's something that 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 will happen. But I mean, I I agree. I do think that Tyler Huntley is going to be the backup. Do I think that Tyler Huntley necessarily fits in this new system with Todd Munkin? Not maybe not as great as he did with Greg Roman's system, um, because of of now it's going to be more passes. And I don't think that he makes the best decisions and I don't think that he has the greatest arm, but this is not me, you know, ragging on Tyler Huntley. This is just me, you know, calling out some of his imperfections into his game, which um, running a little bit more that he was doing in the Greg Romans offense allowed him to kind of mask those things um, previously. But I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't think that his job is in jeopardy. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they do with these other two quarterbacks as yeah. the 53 man roster starts getting formed and formated. Um, so yeah, that, that is what, this is your mock 53 friend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like I said, more so like mock 54, <laughs> because I still need to like, I'm looking at my list. I need to cut one more person. And I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to have to come down to the cornerback room and I don't know if Caillou Kelly, I mean, looking at it is between, yeah, it, it would be like maybe Caillou Kelly is the odd man now. Or actually, I, I Brent Urban would be gone. Brent, Ur, I, I don't know why I have him. So Brent Urban would be cut. Would be cut. <laughs> and, and he would Dang, probably Brent. be brought back. He'd probably be brought back off a handshake deal 
Um, he's a vested vet, so they'll, they'll probably bring him right back after the same situation as last year where he didn't make the 53-man and the next day he was back. I think that would be a similar situation for him. Okay, makes sense. So, again, we'll find out um, Tuesday at 4 p.m. what the 50-man final roster will be. Cordell and I will be talking about the 53-man roster, who made it and who didn't, um, on the next episode, which will drop this Wednesday. So we want to thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.